Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. First thing I want to just tackle right off the bat is this area of, of stress. Because I've been talking to a, a lot of people, and I just feel that the enemy is trying his best to get us to stress. He does some of his finest work in stress. Stress will throw us off of our game. It'll call us to pull back. It'll throw, it, what it robs, of, uh, robs us of is boldness. But the cure, the cure is boldness. The Bible says the righteous are bold as lions. But when our mind space is so clogged up, when, when we're blocked up here, it is so hard to recognize the battle we're in, recognize the moment we're in, recognize that God's in the middle of a plan. I'm talking to some of our young people in here too, some of our high school students. You know, it can get stressful, right? You've got the, the pressures of school, you've got the pressures of parents, you've got the pressures, but you are not at your fullest when you're stressed. In fact, you're robbed of your fullest. And we, we tend to self-justify being stressed, kind of write it off and say, well, I'm just really busy. Oh, you know, well, I just have a lot on my plate this week. It's a busy week. You know, I, we always, we have that conversation, me and Lorena look at our calendar, Pastor Lorena, and we'll be like, uh, oh man, this is a busy week. And after a while, I realized <laughs> that's pretty much every week, <laughs> unless we're going to Cabo. That's like it, okay? And so if it's not a vacation, I'm changing my life. You know, what? I don't have a busy week. I've just got an epic life, and an epic life is going to be full, right? And I don't have to so much revert. The, this whole thing about living a, a balanced life, I don't really see that in the Bible presented that way. The Bible talks about seasons. There's a season to rest and a season to push. There's a season to fight and a season to relax. There's a season to be happy. There's a season to mourn. There are seasons Season, then it's good to recognize the season. Sometimes our stress is due to the fact that we are, this is for somebody, you're, you are doing what you did in last season, but you're in a new season. And what used to bring peace in the last season is actually causing dysfunction and pain in this season because God had intended from day one when he pursued you, and if you are saved in this room, meaning you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, his goal from here on out is to level you up and level you up, and level you up, and keep increasing you to be in the image of Christ, the person he intended you to be. The person you, you know, six billion people, seven billion, I don't know what's that, eight billion, whatever it is, there's a lot of billion people in the world. Not a single person in this world has the same fingerprint as you, or the same DNA structure as you. So I want to clarify that when we say being in the image of Christ, Bible calls God, the, the, he's light, right? And you know, when you see in the mirror, what you're not seeing is necessarily you. You're seeing the light reflecting off of you. Yep. And so as we get closer and more in the presence of God, what you'll see is a more clear version of who he made you to be. Yeah. And your expression of him to this world, but it is also uniquely you. And I want to put that in there because a lot of stress, let me, this is for somebody here. A lot of stress comes from trying to be the leader or the person that
that you're called to be, but you're copying someone else's ways of doing it. You say, oh, man, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm at men's and women's prayer, and I got to go and pray. How exactly does Pastor Matt say, and what does he say? You're not going to be me, okay? There's only one of these, baby. This is authentic. <laughs> and that, <laughs> thank you, Rich. Thank you. But, but <laughs> I'm throwing off. You know, or you see Pastor Vince up here talking about pathfinders, and you're like, I'm, I must be called to be a billionaire because there's his passion and his fire in his eyes. And, but that might not, you, you, you could be called to be a billionaire. Don't discount God for that. But the point is, is that that's going to be authentically you operating Christ. And I just want to release you, church. The more authentically you operate in you as Christ intended you to be. Now, let me just say a caveat. Don't use authenticity to justify lifestyle and behaviors that are not biblical. Okay, I'm authentically me. I'm going to do me, you know. I'm going to date every boy at the bar and not look for guys at church. That's just how I roll. No, that's not being authentically you. That's just lacking wisdom, okay? Look for, look for somebody in the house of God, okay? Talking to my young people here, all right? Don't use authenticity because God, in the vastness of his word, in the vastness of his word, there's room for you to be you and be like Jesus. Jesus modeled it perfect for us, how to love, how to operate, how to live, but he's not looking, I mean, this goes all the way back to a lot of people that question Christianity. Their big question is, well, if God like wants us to be good, why did he make us so not good all the time? Or why are we different? Why, are he, why did he put the apple in the garden? Because God didn't want robots. God didn't want robots. Why am I speaking to that? Because some people have a stress because if you were to be honest, you, you're acting godly and churchly, but you're also trying to act like a person instead of letting Holy Spirit and Jesus highlight his light on you, shine his light on you, and show you who you really were meant to be. So let me talk to a stressful thought. Sometimes we feel like we're not doing good enough. We, don't, we feel like, oh, I'm not a good enough Christian. You know, you miss two or three uh, days on your uh, one-year Bible, and next thing you know, you're eight months behind. You're like, what happened here? And <laughs> I just missed two days, but I'm eight months behind. How did this happen? And then you're almost like, oh, man, if I go and pray and talk to God, I'm actually, he's going to be pretty mad because it's been a minute. And, and, but, but he's not. He's not. He, his love is turned towards you, and he's calling you forth to, that's the power of Jesus, is that all the shortcomings you come to him and you're like, God, oh, Jesus, uh, you know, sorry, it's been a minute. And, and God's going, wait, I'll, I see my, my son. On my, you're clothed in my, my son's righteousness. You're clothed in, in his deeds. I, I'm not seeing that. Doesn't mean that it's, it, there was not mistakes, but, and it's, it is important as Christians to uh, confess, right? To just release that for ourselves. But once we've accepted Jesus, you have to understand that we are seen from God, he sees Jesus. When he says, what should I do? Do that, do that? You know, I'm going to go look under the hood on Rich Bogle. I'm going to really check him out. I haven't checked out in a minute. I'm going to see. And I'm either, if he's doing good, oh, man, he's going to get reward. But, oh, if he missed it, let's wait. And he looks, he goes, all right, let's check out Rich. Oh, it looks like Jesus. I love that guy. Yes. <laughs> And he lost a lot of weight. Wow. <laughs> Making me mad, Rich. You look good. 
inspired me. I've been running again. Anyways, <laughs> point is this, is that, uh, man, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> there it is. There to talk about Rich. The, mis- the title of today's message morning is Rich Bogle. <laughs> no, the stress that robs us when we're not authentic. Let me also speak to something here that it'll cause your heart to go sick if you are not willing to speak up how you feel. Now, that's a delicate balance. There's a time, there's a place. It's not on your Facebook story or your Instagram stage, okay? It's, it's, not, it's a safe place. But it is important that in taking into consideration all the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, it's a good one, right? But it is important when there's something that you feel your voice, you want to speak your voice and say something, but we suppress it. We do that for too long. You'll, you'll see stress begin to rise up internally. That's for somebody here. The reason you feel so much anxiety is because you're afraid if I say it again, if I speak again, if I, if I communicate again, I'll be rejected, I'll get hurt again. And God would say, no, 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 son, daughter, when you're in my covering, even if a person rejects you, I accept you. And that'll break down the stress. The Holy Spirit was working on me with this because I was asking him, how do I address stress? And he took me to this scripture. It's Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, I asked you how to address stress. And this doesn't feel like the right one, but he's, he's just expanding this. And I want to set this up because tonight, tonight, I want to have our ministry up here. We are going to pray and break off stress and anxiety. Yes. We are going to break it off. I want it dead on the altar tonight. It has robbed you for too long. It has taken from you, and it is blocking what God intends from you. There is a way to walk in good stewardship without stress. A lot of people use stress to justify stewardship. Well, if I don't worry about it, it won't get done. You can get it done and not worry at the same time. The Holy Spirit can empower you to do just that. All right, so let me read this scripture. Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now understand, the Pharisees are always coming at Jesus trying to trap them. Just like the devil is always coming to you trying to trap you. He's always trying to get you trapped in your pat- secular patterns. If you really take a look at your life, you'll see patterns, right? And usually if you take a look at mom and dad's life, you'll see patterns. And he's always trying to set you in a trap there. And so Jesus is perpetually walking in, okay, if, they, if they, they're trying to get me an answer here, but then they've got this, this other theology that if I answer hard on this, they'll topple me with this. And so they're coming to him and saying, The whole Jewish religion, by the way, was built on the Ten Commandments. Understand, these are the preciousness of it, and they're asking which one's the most important, with the intention of pinning him down and being like, well, you didn't say this is important. Ha ha, we caught you, you're wrong, right? So they're essentially asking, what's the secret, Jesus? In thinking there's no way he'll have the right answer, they said, what's the secret? The Ten Commandments, people have to follow them, we break them, what's the secret? And Jesus sums it up with two things, love the God Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor. What does that have to do with stress? I'm glad you asked. First thing, 
In order to love somebody, you have to understand how they love you. There is a mutual exchange. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, as a Christian, I try to love everybody and the Holy Spirit empowers me, but it is way easier to have a love relationship with someone who loves me back. Can we all agree? When, you know, haters going to hate, we know that from the prophet Taylor Swift, but... But at the end of the day, it is so much easier to love PJ, who's watching my back when we have a security issue, and I'm feeling so safe. I'm, I'm like picking fights coming down the elevator because I got PJ next to me. It's a lot easier to love PJ, who's always ready to serve and help in this church and who can rap. It's a lot easier to love that guy. It's just cool. I just feel cool when I'm walking next to him. That's it. You know, and so... It's a lot easier to love Savannah, even though she's trying cat earrings on as a new fashion thing, and I don't recommend it, but it's so easy to love her because she's just so fun and filled with joy, and she's a boss, and she's like, I'm like, hey, you're running the service. You just tell me what to do and where to be. It's easy to love those people, but, and so understanding God's love will make it so much easier for us to be in love with him. Because if we don't understand his love, the truth is, we mainly operate out of fear. If you really take inventory, if you don't understand his love, you operate out of fear. So real quick, I want to jump to John 15, one of my favorite favorite, uh, chapters in the whole Bible. I'll bring it up on the big iPad. Do you guys got John 15 for me? Okay. This is going to get bigger next week. It's going to be so good. This is a stressful time. The disciples have been rocking and rolling, doing miracles, and Jesus is having this final conversation with them. He's basically saying, hey, you know, you thought this was a political move, but I'm about to go to the cross. And they're just stressed out. They can see Jesus' stress is a stressful time, and so Jesus is pouring in his last words, and he's talking about who they are to him. But this one, verse 16, you did not choose me, John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the the Father in my name, he may give you. That is a loaded verse. That is a loaded verse. First thing, when you're facing stress or anxiety or really any situation, you have to remember that the God of heaven chose you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, Yes, you made a choice to respond, but he pursued you, and he chose you. And what, what, if God has chosen you to, to have a purpose and good work ahead of you, what in the world could, could stop you? Think about that for a minute. If God said, hey, I have picked you, Justine. I have picked you to impact this city in the way I've designed you to impact this city, then what is going to stop that mission if God has chosen it, ordained it to be? Each and every Christian in this room, let me tell you something. God chose you. And when we understand that this love wasn't uh, like a, all right, fine, fine, fine. We'll let Ted in, but that's the last one. He can come, but I'm just, we're getting too many people. Heaven's getting too full. No, no, no. God has chosen you. And his power and all of heaven's resources are behind that choice. That's why the Bible says that when Christ died, that he went and he got the keys for us and he's given us back authority, authority. 
And we have to walk in that confidence when we look at our bank account and we go, uh-oh, that wasn't what I expected. Or when we, when we open the mail and that thing comes like, uh-oh, that's not expected. Or when, you know, we're doing business and we lose a contract or a boss comes in and gives us a rebuke or yells us, we have to remember, wait a minute, God has chosen me. And I, see, I can even see it in some people's countenance. Some people are leaning in. They're like, yeah, 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 no, you're right, you're right. Other people, that is actually hard for you to believe. And that's where stress can, will, will rob you of your boldness. Because once you understand you're chosen, boldness flies to the top of the surface. When I'm not leading the way I want to lead or when I'm not leaning in the way I want to lead in, my number one thing I've learned to go to the Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit, remind me that you chose me so I can be bold. I can be bold. I, some of you are feeling like, man, I haven't... I, I felt like God promised me something. I felt like God has given me a dream. I felt like he's given me a vision, but I have not been able to step into it. What was the thing that kept the Israelites from stepping into the promised land? It was a lack of boldness. They had a slave's mentality, a victim mindset, and the fear of failure was scarier to them than the opportunity to see God do what he said he's gonna do. You are chosen. You are chosen, beloved. That's what the Bible calls you, beloved. You're chosen, and you can lean to that. So that's number one. How do we, how do we conquer stress? We prioritize where we stand. We, we set in our mind, wait, 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 where, where do I stand in the hierarchy? I'm chosen by the all-powerful God. That's, that's, that's the step one. Now, step two, how do we do it right? Talks about um, seconds like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's an important aspect. I'm going to bring the keys up because we're going to pray for people here in a minute. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot love somebody any more than you love yourself. That's that, that if you, if you understand the con, love, the Bible says, what's the greatest thing to do? Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love you, that, that, that commandment's not going to go very well. And obviously we see from Jesus's love and how he loved people. He gave everything for people. His whole life was about sacrificing and serving us when we couldn't help ourselves. But he, he calls us to love people like we love ourselves. And, you know, there, there's always the risk when a message like this is preached, if you tend to lean on the side of a little bit of narcissism, that you're like, amen. <laughs> <laughs> amen, yeah, he's, yep, they're right. I need to love me more. <laughs> it's hard to think how, but I, you know. <laughs> but most people, especially as you begin to walk with Jesus, especially as you're going to walk to Jesus. In fact, the gateway to Jesus is first admitting you can't do it on your own. So when you have Jesus and you've asked Jesus into your heart, you've already come to that realization that you're not perfect, that you need a savior, that, that you're dependent on your heavenly father. But after you walk through that doorway, now we begin to need to release self-loathing. Can I be transparent with you? One of the things I struggled with a lot in the past was just not loving myself. 
I could believe for I could believe wild miracles for people. I would see, like I'm like, oh man, God's got you. This is gonna be easy for him. And then I'd walk into a situation and be like, oh man, God's never gonna help me. I didn't love myself. And the truth is, if I was to take a step back, it's because I didn't understand God's love for me. The scripture is, it, that I'm preaching on today, this is raw because it's what God's unfolding in me is that I've had in the past stress and anxiety have the better of me, where I would run to generational cycles with my family and I would go try to numb the pain because I, was, I, I didn't understand, I didn't love myself, but to go a step back, that means obviously I didn't understand how much God loves me. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He chose you at your worst. He chose you in your worst. But now that you're saved, we think that he, he's flipped the script now. And he's not ready to love you and work with you and develop you and grow you. And also love includes challenging you to say, hey, you don't need to be in this cycle anymore. It's time to get this thing out of your world. It's time to get, get help in this area. It's time to grow in this area. First thing I want to do before we get into some ministry here is if you're in the room and you don't know this love, you don't know this love of Jesus, you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you've never asked him to be Lord of your life, or maybe at some point you kind of did, but if you were to be honest, you've kind of took the steering wheel back and it's not really a thing in your life and you want to come back to Jesus. Jesus is the gateway to the love of God. He loves you, but without his grace covering you, we cannot approach the perfect uh, justice of the Lord. But his desire is that you could be in his presence. And so Jesus was the payment but you've got to choose to ask him into your life. I'm not asking you to, you know, start doing a religious duty. I'm not asking you to, uh, to go clean yourself up and come back in three or four weeks and then we'll get you going. What I'm asking you is do you want Jesus to take you in, choose you, and begin to wash you? You know, when the disciples... In the Bible, it talks about Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And Peter says, no, I can't let you do that, God. I want to serve you. I've got to, I've, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to earn you. And, and Jesus says to him profound, he says, no, 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 unless I wash you, you have no part with me. You can't earn your way to me. You have to let me do the dirty work. Then Peter counters and he says, well, then wash my whole body. You know, he's just, a, he swings, and he's all over the place. I love the guy. Kind of like my preaching. He's just all over the place. And, uh, and he says, no, 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 no. He says, you're already washed. 
from the head down from my word, but I gotta wash your feet. My question to you is, what are you rolling around in that you should have just been walking through? That's what transforms when you get Jesus in your life. Instead of just rolling around in the filth and the dirt of this world and getting manipulated and used by people and just being, you know, uh, substances and getting all this uh, dirtiness all over you, Jesus comes and he picks you up, washes you off. And then he says, hey, you're still gonna walk through this world, so we're gonna continue to wash the feet. But no longer are you gonna be trapped in the mud. No longer are you going to be sinking in the mud. No longer are you going to play around. That's, that's a visual of what he does when he comes into your life, that you'll still have a real life to work through, but he'll wash you, like my wife said during communion so beautifully. He washes you clean, and then he says, and as you go through this world and you get a little dirty because you're walking through the real world and you're being developed, I'll continue to wash your feet, but you're not going to need the whole thing because you're going to recognize you have authority to walk through a thing. And that's what's going to get released today. We're going to walk through the stresses of life. We're going to walk through. Some of you, nothing will change tomorrow, but you will wake up and you will feel different. You'll still walk through the same muddy job, but it's not going to be, oh, I'm just rolling through this mess. You're going to be like, no, I'm here and I'm chosen and I got this. So if you need, we, you can't do any of that until Jesus picks you up. And that's what he wants to do. So everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room today, and don't feel shame or guilt. Those are from the enemy. Every single one of us has walked into the church at one point and made this decision and said, you know, I'm sick of rolling around and, and getting beat up by this world. I'm ready for God to clean me and set me up on my feet and begin to show me how to walk through the things of life victorious and overcoming. If you need Jesus in your life, I'm not going to embarrass you anyway. Everyone's head down, eyes closed, but I do want to include your prayer. Would you lift your hand in the air real quick so I know who I'm praying for? Come on, I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? I feel like there's one person and you're like, oh man, I've, I've done this before, but you're realizing at this point, no, it's not, thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Once you put your hand up, I can I can put it down. Amazing. Okay, everyone, look up at me. I'm just smiling because I'm literally still have nine minutes. This is amazing. The ministry we're gonna do ministry tonight. <laughs> if you raised your hand, like I said. I want, I want, just mean this from the heart and understand the perspective shift and you're gonna see it different. You're gonna see it different. Jesus is gonna show you different. So, and I'll have everybody pray, pray. Why don't you all stand to your feet real quick? We're about to pray for people. But everyone pray this prayer with me out loud and if you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, what's necessary is your faith in Jesus. That is the requirement. Your faith, you just say, Jesus, I'm gonna believe you. So pray this with me. Dear Jesus, Tonight, I ask you to be the true Savior and Lord and covering in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for choosing me. 
Forgive me my sins and wash me clean. And fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can walk victorious from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Proud of you guys that raise your hand. Even if, uh, even if you've done it before, I, I, right over here is the amazing Ted uh, and his team. And just after service, once you go over there, chat and pray with him. There was no voter fraud. He is the nicest and most attractive male in, uh, in San Diego County in his age category. Salt Lakes. Oh, oh. Lord, break those old secular habits off of my life. I don't want to go backwards. <laughs> Salt Lake City. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now, now, now we've got our, now it's family time. Church, we are heading into a season of amazing, amazing things. I know that because the demonic has just been trying to tell us that everything's going wrong. I know he does that. I'm telling you, we're heading into, I've already heard God's stories today. Uh, we're heading into a season of God just bringing breakthrough in finances, breakthrough in marriages, miracle babies. We are heading into a ne this next, this summer, watch and see what God's gonna do. And I'm telling you, he showed me today, he wants to land on Wednesday nights, so be here on Wednesday nights because we're gonna just leave room for the Holy Spirit. So that being said, I want to pray. Why don't you just close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. We'll get the whole band up here because you guys are going to sing a, sing a good song here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite you tonight. We're children of God. Jesus said this, if you want to be in my kingdom... You act like a child. And it's, it's pretty audacious. He tells the disciples, they get, they get it more right than you do. And here's the thing. Kids aren't running around. Levi and Asher have never ran in my room and said, Dad, are the bills all good? Are we good? Is the power going to be on? They've never once asked me that. Dad, should I not have seconds? Or is the grocery bill? Never once asked me that. They just assume dad's got it. Dad's got it. They don't think about wasting food even. They're just like, whatever, take a bite. He can make it later. I'll just throw it away. They have a trust in their mommy and daddy. They have a trust in their father. God wants to get you back to the place of trust. Just knowing that he chose you, that this journey with him is a lifelong journey it's not a moment. It's not a second. It's not a, a sprint. It's a lifelong walk with him. And there's seasons. And like I was talking about with Peter, this is what I want to release over you. He's saying, son, daughter, when you're afraid, what posture do you take? You'll, you'll crouch down. If you think you're about to get hit, you'll crouch down. And some of us in this room, you're crouching down from the calling God has on you laying down in the mud, hiding, because you're afraid, oh, but if I go back there, if I go back there, I'll, I'll, it'll hurt again, or I'll fail again. And God's saying, son, daughter, get up, stop stressing, 
Let me wash you out of the thing that you were supposed to walk through. I'll wash you clean, and you're going to walk through this thing with boldness and confidence. And I want you to understand that right now the Holy Spirit is going to impart boldness on you because boldness is the antidote to stress. Boldness wakes up in the morning and says, you know what? This is a little intimidating, but I'm ready for it because I know whose I am and who I am, and I can take this on because the power of heaven is behind me. Boldness is coming upon people. So right now, I'm just going to ask people, you can put your hands up, but if you need boldness, if the enemy has been robbing your boldness and replacing it with stress, will you lift your hand in the air right now? All right, keep going. A lot of people. A lot of people. It's because corporately, the enemy's trying to block what he's about, what God's about to do in, in the people of this church. I'm telling you, that's why there's so many hands up, because he's on the assault. So right now, in the name of Jesus, every hand that is raised, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would rain down on these people and that they would be filled with boldness in Jesus' name, that they would be filled with courage. Be strong and courageous. Know that your God is for you. That if he's calling you to a thing, his provisions are there. His heavenly power is with you. He did not call you to fail. He has made you to succeed. Be bold as a lion. The enemy tries to act like a lion, the Bible says. He walks around like a lion. But you know who has the lion? The lion of Judah, it's you. You are called by Jesus to do the things he has for you. Hillary, God has called you to this place. You are going to thrive here. You are going to have all of the relational equity you want. You are going to have all the business freedom you want. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, touch us. Okay, the next thing I want to... I want to pray for. And I'll do an altar call for this one. I felt the Holy Spirit to pray this. Some of us, okay, all right, I can be bold, but we're afraid because we feel like you can take this away. We lack wisdom. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I, 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 I want to do it, but and, and, I, and, I, and I know God can help me, but I don't even know the first step. I want to pray for those people right now that and impart wisdom wisdom you know how many times i don't know how to do a thing about three or four times a day just being honest as a, as a pastor i get a call i'm like i don't know but i but i ask for wisdom from the holy spirit so i want to impart wisdom people if you want just if you're saying man i just need wisdom i need a heavenly wisdom from you god i believe he wants to release that on people so if you want wisdom Come to the front real quick. I want to pray over you. I'll just come to the altar. Come on, this is Wednesday night, man. This is Wednesday night. This is where there's no fear of being on the altar. Lots of people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. right now we thank you that you are imparting wisdom on your church we thank you that you have all the answers Lord that your power in your power we can access wisdom when Solomon was asked you can have anything in the world he asked for wisdom 
And when wisdom is released, all the other things were unlocked as well. Wisdom is one of the most important things. So God, right now, these people on the altar, I pray that the power of God would fall on them and that they would develop a heavenly wisdom, Lord, a wisdom coming from heaven, Lord, that they won't be intimidated because they know they can go to daddy. You have insider trading rights, says the Lord. You get to have insider trading rights. Your daddy knows all the answers and he's gonna tell you. He's gonna show you. So God, we impart wisdom, wisdom to grow our businesses, wisdom to raise our children, wisdom to save our marriages, wisdom to break depression, anxiety, and generational stuff off of our life, Lord. We thank you for wisdom that is falling down, Lord, on people right now. Fill people up with your power, Lord, with your power, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.